0: step towards online privacy. Get NordVPN.
1: fail again. Hi everybody, I am joined by Yvonne Ridley, she is the correspondent for Middle East Monitor and we are going to be having a conversation about the situation in Palestine. Now before I introduce her, please subscribe, follow me on Twitter, CryptoRishYT, and please go and see the other video, where I, where I don't know if I'm posting this one first or last or whatever, right? But watch out for my other conversation with her, which is about freedom for Scotland, which isn't... A shabby deal at all. Freedom for peoples everywhere. Hey, Yvonne, thank you so much for coming back. Um, do you want to start by saying a little bit about your role with Middle East Monaster and a bit about your background in that arena?
2: Yes, I. I um, work as a journalist for Middle East Monitor. Um, I mainly write an opinion column about uh, matters, focusing usually on Palestine, although I do go into other areas across the Middle East. Um, I've been to Gaza twice now. I broke the siege by road and by sea, which was quite um, exciting. And I um, have also been to the occupied West Bank. I was the first person in Janine after the massacre in 2002. So um, I've seen some pretty awful things carried out by so-called allies of, of britain and america
1: okay all right well thank you for that um we're recording this on tuesday the 30th of january at 9 p.m in UK in uk time and i'm saying that because things move so quickly i think a few days ago we had the icj ruling there was the way the mainstream media misrepresented it <clears throat> so where what's what's your read on how it's going i know people are being killed women and children and civilians are being killed but how do you think it's going? Is, are Israel accomplishing their objectives? Are Hamas accomplishing their objectives? Well,
2: I don't believe that Israel is winning the war. Um, and I don't believe Hamas is losing the war. Hamas just have to keep on surviving to consider a victory over Israel. And Israel's mission uh, which was a ridiculous mission after the events of October the 7th. Um, Israel's mission was to totally eradicate Hamas. And you can't kill an idea. But um, so they've set themselves this impossible goal. And we're now day 116 into uh, a war that um, Israel has uh, has not, not been a good war for Israel, if there is such a thing as a good war. Okay. They have uh, th- their most elite units, the Galani Battalion, um, pulled out some weeks ago, having suffered 40% losses. Um, in fact, I think their commander-in-chief, uh, which was unprecedented, was killed. And uh other senior officers, high-ranking officers, uh, colonels, lieutenant colonels, um, were killed. And uh they, they really and that was supposed to be their most elite unit. As we've seen on YouTube, um what's left behind is what I call uh the TikTok army, who for some bizarre reason think it's a good idea to film themselves Carrying out war crimes Um, We've seen them Destroy 16 cemeteries so far They've looted And plundered graves They've uh, dug up bodies Uh, The cemeteries are littered With bodies in shrouds And you have to wonder Why? What Possible
1: benefits Can they get out of Because when, when excuse me, let me just push back a little, and I want to go back to the Galani's uh, battalion because I didn't know that, right? But what Mm -hmm. you're saying about the cemeteries and the shrouds isn't that just Hamas propaganda that you're just spouting here?
2: Well, um, I was watching a report by CNN. Now, CNN um, put all of their media through their Israeli bureau which puts a huge question mark over their impartiality. Mm. And the report of the cemeteries that I was watching was recorded by CNN. And if you go on to Google and put cemeteries, Gaza, Hamas, you, you'll get this CNN report. And I can't remember the name of the journalist, but he's very well known. And he was in a state of shock as he was reporting what he was seeing with his own eyes. Wow. And you well, could I, see I he it. was absolutely repelled by what he was seeing. Um, other other atrocities have been filmed by the soldiers themselves, including uh, a knicker sniffer is the only way that I can describe him. Um, and this is a an IDF soldier from London who was rummaging through a woman's underwear drawer and uh, and making smutty, inappropriate comments about a woman who was probably dead at this point because people had fled their homes because the IDF were coming in. And um, I think he's beginning to regret it now because this knicker sniffer called Somebody Levy um, has uh, tried to speak at several events, and he's been cancelled because you know um, people are very uncomfortable at having such a vile individual come and talk to their children about what he's been doing in Gaza.
0: Right.
2: It's uh, and okay. if you listen to the IFJ right. just a few days ago, we've got you know, very uh, serious questions about war crimes. Yes. So I, I Israel it. is having what I would say is a bad war. But just as things start to seem to be turning in the favour of the Palestinians, uh, the West has turned round and withdrawn funding from the UN uh, refugee agency which looks after the Palestinians and these people are vital to the survival of the Palestinians and Britain, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Switzerland, um, Finland, Australia, and Canada all run behind the United States uh, and said we're withdrawing funding because Israel says that uh, these UN uh employees on the ground have been helping hamas during the october 7 atrocity now when you look more closely at this we're talking about a dozen possible rogue employees at the moment we're just taking israel's word for it and israel is a liar as we've also seen but um so because of that millions and millions of pounds worth of funding which is so desperately needed to keep the palestinians alive has just been withdrawn and antonio gutiérrez um he's appealed to these uh, dirty dozen countries as i would call them to to return the funding to the un relief and works agency for Palestinian refugees it's got some very awkward sounding name called Unwa yeah and mean, um yeah. yeah and and uh
0: Unwa has sacked the
2: rogue employees what more can they do
0: mm.
2: you know we, we live in britain the behavior of the metropolitan police is Notorious. Um, more than 150 of their officers have been convicted, found guilty of committing crimes. About 50 of them have been sex crimes and rape, so really serious crimes. But we haven't defunded the Metropolitan Police. It would be crazy to do so. It would endanger lives of Londoners. London would have no. Law and Order and and uh and again with um Lucy Letby, that vile nurse who uh was convicted of killing eight babies in a maternity unit. We didn't defund the
1: NHS because I got it. of her actions. Yvonne, I got it. I, I absolutely got it. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. And it, it is an act of war by the so called democratic humanitarian West, that's where I see it, depriving of food, but then you and I know that the British and the European colonialists have done that before in the past. I want to go back to the Galani Battalion. So you say 40% of them have been, they've lost 40% of their of their, their, what is it, their force. How? What happened? What what are the taxes that the Hamas, Hamas are using?
2: Right, well Hamas has three wings it's got its political wing it has its uh, welfare wing and it has its military wing and they they have this um military strategist called uh mohammed Dayf who has worked for the last 2 years at least on planning october the 7th And they have obviously gone into every type of scenario. And they've obviously thought, right, we'll break out in a dozen or so areas with the specific aim of kidnapping Israelis to use as hostages to get out our own people. Who are being held in Israeli prisons without charge, without trial, in this administrative detention, which is illegal under international law? So we'll uh, we'll, um, and they've obviously sat and thought, right? If we do that, what will Israel do in return? Well, we always know that the Israelis will really go over the top and react, and. Taking a 9-11 style attack, which is what the Israelis feel has been done to them, um, Hamas knew that the reaction would be way over the top. And so they planned a military strategy around that. And of course, they've got this network of tunnels. Um, Tunnels are very good for repelling uh, drone surveillance and uh, and and you know israel has forced hamas underground out of necessity in exactly the same way as the germans uh forced the jews underground in the warsaw ghetto where they had tunnels as well so tunnel warfare is nothing new the jews were doing it first in in the warsaw ghettos. so they've uh, they've planned this right down to the last detail, which is why, as far as I can ascertain to date, there have been no Hamas military commanders captured. You know, I think in the the first week of the war, uh, the Western media were pumping out all of this uh, SH-1T from the IDF PR machine saying, oh, we've got the Hamas command unit uh, cornered they're sitting like rats hiding and we're inches away from them, they're trapped. And then we heard nothing more because it was just a lie. They they haven't. The only commander that we know that they have killed was uh the Hamas commander in Lebanon. And he wasn't hiding. Um in fact, what was interesting about his assassination was that uh, Israel took great delight in filming this uh, missile or surgical strike, taking out this one Hamas commander, who as it turns out was one of the chief negotiators on the ground for Hamas, To release the hostages, so that was a bit of an own goal. But the fact that they made such a play of look, we're after this guy. Watch us take him out. We, this is a surgical strike, and you think, okay, so if you have the ability to hone in and take out one human being in quite a built-up area, why on earth have you killed twenty-six thousand civilians? In Gaza, saying that you're taking out Hamas hideouts and Hamas command centers, because there is n- there's there has been no surgical strikes in Gaza. They have hit schools, hospitals, mosques, ambulances, fleets of ambulances, Palestinians waving white flags in surrender, and um, what we have seen. Is what the IFJ is now investigating and say it's seriously considering war crimes. And of course, the Western reaction to that has been to punish the Palestinian people by defunding um, UNWAR. It's it's obscene that uh, these countries in the West, considered by many to be beacons of human rights, have turned viciously and malevolently on these unarmed refugees who are starving to death on their watch. And I'm not sure if the global South will ever forgive us.
1: No, no, it seems to me like Israel is losing. Israel will
0: lose. And the West is losing. Okay,
1: Yvonne, I I want to move it on a bit because I want to Take advantage of your expertise and insight in this area. Is what about Israel's relationship? What it's doing in, in Syria and Hezbollah? Why are they? T- I mean, haven't we got enough trouble dealing with Hamas? Then say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna poke Hezbollah, that wasp's nest. They've already lost the Hezbollah twice, I think. And then the continuous bombing of Syria. And then, if you want to bring in also the Houthis and what they're doing and how they're showing the impotence of the United States and the UK. Please comment on that. The
2: Houthis are an interesting one. Um, They're also showing the impotence of the Arab world. Um, In right across the Arab world, the Arabs, ordinary people in the street, they support the Palestinians. Unfortunately, their leaders um, are too busy belly dancing in front of America, uh, trying to... um, get arms from america saudi is desperate to get nuclear power god forbid in uh, in saudi and uh, so the arab leaders are acting in quite a different way to their own people and you know they're trying to tell their own people well there's nothing we can do and then you get these little houthi rebels Firing missiles across the Red Sea and into the uh, targeting the two big American armadas, which, quite frankly, are sitting there like targets. They have no way of, of repelling this. So you, you've got them sitting there exposed like great big targets for the Houthi rebels. Um, As far as I'm aware, um, until yesterday, they haven't killed anyone. But I think uh, they sent a a missile over into Jordan and killed three American soldiers. And um, that has escalated the stakes. And of course, as soon as this drone attack was made in Jordan, The Americans said, yes, we have evidence that this is an Iranian drone. So, therefore, this has come from Iran and we will be taking it out on Iran. And it's like, whoa, hold on a minute. You know, these Houthi rebels are masters of themselves. They don't take orders from anyone and (laughs) certainly not Tehran. You know, they act out of their own uh their own way uh they don't take orders from Hezbollah, they don't take orders from Tehran uh they certainly don't take orders from assad and uh for some reason, America now wants to really open up the war and target Iran well, Iran, unlike Iraq when America went into Iraq, Iran is armed. Is dangerous. And if they unleash the anger of of the perceived Shia crescent in the Middle East, um, I'm not sure where it's going to end. And why Israel is fueling all of this. um, The Arabs have a great word called fitna, mischief. Why the um, Israelis are fueling all of this uh, mischief is beyond me because. Israel isn't the size of a South African game park. It's not in a position to really have a war with uh, Hezbollah, with Hamas, with Syria, ultimately, possibly with Russia. And, you know, the, the Israeli army, as we've seen, are nothing like the soldiers from the 1967 war. Yep. These are weekend warriors who um, have been the butt of many jokes. Um, I don't know if you know Scott Ritter, the former UN weapons inspector and, and former Marine. And he is derisory about the uh, abilities of the Israeli army. You know, in his, as far as he's concerned, they're fighting like a bunch of old women and and they're not very good at um they they've got top dollar weapons they've got the world's fourth largest and most sophisticated army in terms of weapons and uh and military um might but uh they're no good as soldiers you know weekend warriors who are at the moment, being held at bay by Hamas, which is not the best-equipped army in the world, but they have planned everything down to the last detail,
1: you were and have earlier. led. You, you were saying that earlier, and the same. Uh-huh. Deal with Houthis, so, Houthis don't have very sophisticated weaponry, and but what they've got and what Hamas have got, I think, and perhaps the 1967-68 IDF had then. Was a dedication to their cause, to their respective causes, and yes, and Iran is not like Iraq. Iran has hypersonic weapons, which the West has no response to. NATO and the have been seriously degraded by by giving away all their weaponry to Ukraine in complete tragedy. And meanwhile, Russia's Russia's just, I suppose, doing what Hamas is doing. They're just hanging out. We just we're going to survive. We will prevail. But. And Hezbollah, my understanding, they are something else. They are they are something- Yes, they're they're
2: a different level again. And they are armed and they are dangerous. And uh the last time I was in Lebanon I went south of the Latani River and down to the Hezbollah Museum and they have uh they have got on show thirty-five Israeli tanks that um, were left behind by the Israeli soldiers because when Hezbollah started attacking them and going for them, the Israelis realized that they were better to get out by running, sprinting than uh, than trundling out on their tanks, so they left thirty five tanks worth millions of dollars behind and they ran like the clappers to get over into israel and uh, this museum is just dedicated to um the humiliation of the israeli army and uh, you know the, the, there are people there who are telling stories about how they spanked the israeli military humiliated them and while i was also there there was this massive big billboard the size of a of a double deck well bigger than a double decker bus and it was um a grinning face of the Hezbollah leader hasran uh Nasrallah Hassan Nasrallah and he's uh, uh there was a bubble coming out of his mouth and it basically said Don't come back. We know where you live. Okay. And it was like, whoosh, you know, um, these are not people to mess with.
0: And And, and, what on earth
2: America is fueling this war for? I've no idea because the Taliban, again, another very unsophisticated military fighting units, but great fighters Humiliated America in Afghanistan and degraded the biggest war machine in the world after twenty years.
1: Yeah. with AK. And
2: you know, has America learned nothing?
1: Yep. Well, the why this is going on. This is my opinion. This is what happens when money dies. But we're not going to go there, right? The collapse of the Western uh, financial system, overburdened by debt, they need a jubilee and this cause a war because it. It's one way to we can say, okay, all these inflation and everything is because of the war, and then we can do a monetary reset. Now, back to the war. I want to ask you two more questions. So one, Russia and China, their role. Because I think, I mean, China has taken historically quite a backseat. It's not interested in this. Russia, I thought, I think has been pivotal in the Middle East, very, very smart in how they've, um, in the role that they've played in
0: the Middle East. So what are they doing? And why? What's their role in all this mess? I'm sure that you will have
2: read The Art of War by Sun Tzu.
1: I haven't, forgive me. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Just surprised.
2: Um, Get a copy. And uh, I am convinced that Hamas have read it. Uh Hezbollah have read it, certainly Putin has, and I'm sure the Chinese have and the art of war is more about avoiding battles or luring the enemy into a trap than military prowess and uh I am certain China is sitting there like a a great big dragon and just sort of watching. And waiting, and when the time is right, whenever that is, I don't know, um, the dragon will roar, and and um, and I think that that is when we all need to be very scared. Um, from a moral point of view. The West has lost the high ground. As I say, I don't know if... Like it, like it never had
1: South. it, you We We are well, talking no. about colonial uh, imperialists.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I just don't know if, uh, if the Global South will ever forgive us. Um, I look at my passport in shame. It's mm. a means for me to travel around, um, but I don't take any joy... In producing it at uh, checkpoints, and I do feel as though people, especially in the Arab world, look at you and just think, "Really?" And you know, sort of hand it back, and you can see them almost reaching for their wet wipes. We're we're a disgrace. We really are. And uh, as I say, the the doomsday clock is now 90 seconds away from Armageddon. And okay. I, the, you know, the, the, not the next generation, but the generation after are are going to be saying, what the hell were you
1: lot doing? Yes. Well, Yvonne, I, I, I think I have a bit perhaps a more positive outlook. I think we are going through momentous changes in the world that will take a few years to play out. But I think on the other side of it is something much, much better. Greater decentralization, greater autonomy, greater freedom and peace. The end of the West, Western hegemony and the creation of... a. I
2: hope so, Rich, because it would be nice to end this on a high note.
1: <laughs> well, I want to talk about Israel. And what do you see as the long-term
0: consequences for Israel? I
2: think that the Zionist project will have failed. And the only person or people to wipe the Zionists off the map will be the Zionists themselves. That's not the Jews. That's the Zionists, which is the political ideology. I really, as ashamed as I feel, I really feel for the Israelis who are stuck there and seeing atrocities being carried out in their name and just thinking this is not in our name, and, you know, feeling the pain of the Palestinians, Um, I think that eventually Jews and Muslims and Christians will come together and live there peacefully once more. As but that will with- only happen when the Zionism has been wiped out.
1: Yeah. As and they'll they- do it by their own hands. Yeah. I, I agree with you there, as they did, as Jews and Muslims and Christians lived together peacefully pre-1948, and in my interview with Rabbi Beck, who's, who said, look, I'm Jewish, I'm not Zionist, worse to that effect, and uh, his solution was, he said, I said, what's your solution? He said, one state, where Jews and Muslims live together, side mm-hmm. by side, in peace, as we did in Palestine before 1948, and as we're doing today in Morocco and Iran, and other parts of the world where Muslims and Jews live together. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I think is re- really important for us to do who object to this war is to separate the Zionism from Judaism. The two are not the same. Okay. Zionism is a political ideology, and Jewish, Judaism is a, is, an, is a religion, and anyone can become religious and I don't know what's happened. The
2: largest population of Jews outside of Israel lives in Iran. I think there's about sixty thousand Wow outside, and, in the um, Middle
0: East, outside Israel. Well,
2: there there may be more in America collectively, but uh, certainly um, an indigenous population of uh, of Jewish Jewish people live in um, in Iran.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Well, there there is there is hope for humanity. There's always hope for humanity. We have to stand for that. Stand for peace. And um, you know, if, if wherever you are in the world, if you want to take action to support the cause for peace, one of the things you can do is go check out bit.ly slash which will take you to a website uh, set up by Chris Coverdale, which is how we can legally withhold taxes and all government levies in most countries of the world where those, con- where those funds are being used for the purpose of supporting genocide or terrorism, whether it's in Ukraine or killing people in Yemen or killing people in, in Israel or Palestine or wherever. So you can say, look, you don't get to spend my money for the purposes of war and for killing people. So that's bit.ly slash Make War History. Uh, Yvonne, thank you so much. I so appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me. I'd love to have you back on again. To talk I thoroughly about it. enjoyed it. Thank you, Rich. So welcome. And also check out the other conversation that I have with Yvonne, which is also has an anti-imperialist bent. Thank you so much. Standing for freedom and liberty and peace. This is Yvonne and Rich. Inshallah. Bye-bye. Inshallah. Bye.